BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Hey everyone, welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Hey Carlene. Hi Jill. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting ready for the holidays. Almost done my shopping. Oh, well done. I am not. (laughs) (laughs) So we're kind of taking a moment now to look back at the year in beauty. What a year it's been. What a wild ride. We got to do so many amazing things this year. It's our first official year as a weekly podcast. It feels so good to have realized that goal for ourselves. I know. And how would we do it without our network? So definitely need to do a shout out and a thanks to Dear Media, especially Michelle. She helps produce our show every single week. Thank you, Michelle. All the late nights. We appreciate it so much. Um, Michael, Paige, Danielle, we love all of you. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what 2020 brings. And I think it's a moment also, Carlene, to just recognize some of our show partners. And we don't talk about this a lot, but our show partners are so integral to keeping our show on the air and dropping in your feeds every week. Mm -hmm. So we've had Third Love and Audible and Native and Ulta Beauty, Head and Shoulders, Conair. Yeah, exactly. So whenever you use one of our Breaking Beauty promo codes, you help to support our sponsors and they help to support us. So we really appreciate that. And on that note, we have created a highlight where you can find the latest deals and promos. So if you want to do some shopping, you can always find it there. You don't have to pull over or try to write something down while you're driving. <laughs> yeah, so definitely check that out. We even have that fancy swipe up now. That's a new thing for mm-hmm. us in 2019. So check out our deals and promos at Breaking Beauty Podcast. And even more importantly, I think we want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. We love our Breaking Beauty community, whether you're sending us solutions for my ear, nose and throat troubles. Oh my gosh, I am so appreciative um, at the thoughtfulness. And I especially love reading the reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's so nice to hear what you guys are into on the show and what you'd like to see more of. And we've actually gotten to hear some of your voices for the first time ever this year with our brand new voicemail hotline. You can call us anytime you want. You can leave us a voicemail, whether you want to say hi or have a question, anything. That's 1-844-227-0302. And Jill, 2019 was such a big year for us. We got to hang out on a panel at South by Southwest back in March. There was that time when I went to Japan. Hello, bucket list. Little old Japan. (laughs) (laughs) With one of my all-time favorite skincare brands, Clay de Poe. And we reached the milestone of more than 1 million total downloads. Yeah, I believe we're officially at like 1.3 million downloads now. And that was huge for us. I don't think I ever 
never could have conceived that we would reach that number. Mm -hmm. And we've had massive guests this year. Makeup by Mario, episode 67. Tata Harper, episode 48. Samantha Ravindal, the YouTuber, episode 56. And Chris Appleton, he had never done a podcast before. So he had his kind of like audible debut on our show. That was episode 78. And the list goes on. Although if any of you are curious about our top downloaded show, it's still Emily Weiss of Glossier. And you and I were sort of just talking about what we thought the most defining moments were for not just 2019, but the whole decade, like 2010 to 2019. Mm -hmm. And undoubtedly, Glossier is one of the most defining brands, cultures, everything Mm -hmm. about it. And so it's no surprise that it's our number one episode ever. So in today's episode, we wanted to take a moment to kind of take the temperature of where the beauty business is at in 2019, a state of the union, if you will, because we are going into a whole new decade next year. And one of the things that we definitely noticed in 2019 was a lot more representation in beauty podcasts with more diverse voices than ever. And so we invited a handful of our fellow pod fam to weigh in on some of the biggest moments in beauty in 2019 that shook them, whether it was a win or a cringe or anything in between. So just to clarify, because we're all in different spots, um, they're not sitting with us right now. We asked them to weigh in via voice memo. And you're going to be hearing from Priya Rao. Um, We connected with Priya back at South by Southwest. And she's a journalist with the Glossy Beauty Podcast. And that's from Digiday Media. And they cover a lot of industry news, intersection of sort of fashion, luxury, beauty technology. Mm -hmm. So some of her interview subjects on the show have been brand owners. And she's discussing scaling an indie brand, for instance, or she talks a lot to influential people in the retail landscape. You'll also hear from Priyanka Matu. She's a Los Angeles-based writer, filmmaker, and former talent agent. She co-founded Erios, a female-led podcast network. Priyanka co-hosts Foxy Browns. It's a podcast alongside fellow writer Camilla Blackett. And Camilla, she writes for shows like Fresh Off the Boat. And if you remember New Girl or The Newsroom, she wrote on those shows too. And Priyanka and Camilla together, they navigate the worlds of beauty and wellness from their perspective perspectives as women of color. And they're so funny also. And we also have our girl, Jackie J, Jackie Johnson joining the pod party. Jackie is an LA-based comedian, actress, writer, and the host of Natch Butte. She sums up her podcast MO as cruelty-free beauty and LOLs. And for sure, I can't get through an episode without laughing out loud. That Cream is your damn neck. All of her catchphrases just crack <laughs> me up. Um, and last but not least, we're welcoming Brooke DeVard. Brooke works at Instagram by day and she hosts the Naked Beauty podcast by night. And it's all about unfiltered chats. And she talks about trends and products, of course, but she goes deeper. She talks a lot about self-care journeys, skincare, wellness, and all with women that she admires. And my favorite episode that she did was with her mother and her grandmother. And it's called How to Age Gracefully, but Still Keep It Sexy While You're Young, featuring my mom and grandma. We love the perspective of all of these strong, beautiful ladies, joining us to weigh in on the hot topics of the year. We will be covering everything from inclusivity to industry news and influencer shakedowns. And be sure to stay tuned to the end because you guys know we can't do an episode without dropping some products on you. All of our guests today are going to be telling us about their number one breakthrough product of the year. 
And definitely a few of them I'm going to be adding to my top shelf. And everything we discussed today, we will link to on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com slash blog, um, including information on where you can find our fellow beauty pod fam guests. Awesome. So shall we get started? Let's do it. Let's pause for a moment to tell you about one of our show partners, Osea Malibu. So Jill, you know, we often like to zero in on hero ingredients and one that we're definitely seeing more of lately in skincare is algae. It's an abundant source of vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. Well, Osea Malibu, they're a family-run business and they've been harvesting the benefits of marine algae in their skincare range for more than 20 years. Each product is infused with sustainably sourced organic Patagonian seaweed along with active botanicals. Their products are also sustainably packaged, which is so important these days. Also non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, and made with love in California. All right, Jill, let's hit him with the bestseller. What is it? So their Blemish Balm is a total cult favorite. I think the reason why is because it's not greasy at all and it has tea tree oil in it. So if you're someone who has blemish-prone skin or oily skin, you're going to love this because it's tackling that issue, but you don't feel like you're shiny or greasy and it looks great under makeup. Amazing. Breaking Beauty listeners can try Osea with an exclusive offer. Go to oseamalibu.com slash breaking beauty for $10 off your first order of $50 or more. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com slash breaking beauty for $10 off your first order of $50. We'll link to the URL in our show notes. And now back to today's episode. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. Carlene, I think we have to start by talking about inclusivity in the beauty world, right? Absolutely. So we've seen such a shift on this topic in the past decade, and 2019 was really no different. So we're talking about seeing more representation when it comes to age, ethnicity, body types, body hair, skin. And this year, we witnessed the end of the Victoria's Secret fashion show, for example. I think that was just such a huge signal of the end of that kind of quote unquote perfect body and face and hair ideal that just is being broken down. Yeah. And uh, there's just no place for it anymore. It's not relevant. And on the flip side, Victoria's Secret hired Valentina Sampeo, the brand's first openly trans model. And I think that's worth calling out yeah. and just what that means in terms of breaking down those barriers and looking at beauty in a whole new way going into the next decade. Mm-hmm. So on that note, what's been the moment that resonated with you the most this year, Jill? Without question for me, it was the Gucci Beauty campaign. Gucci Beauty, it had been a around before, but it was very predictable, right? Mm-hmm. And then they took it off the shelves. That was under Pat McGrath's direction, I do believe, back in yeah, the day. Yeah, kind of low-key behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah, right. So I remember being at the desk side for this launch and we had to sign our life away to see any of this, but I was in a room full of editors and when they showed the campaign images, it was like audible gasps like all around me mm-hmm. because it was so 
groundbreaking mm-hmm. and you had never seen it before. So what did you see? So the images were of Danny Miller, who's a punk rock star, I guess, or she's like uh, kind of a hero in the punk community. And she has gaps in her teeth in all of the images. And then there were models who had lipstick on their teeth. And it was this very 80s sort of inspired lighting. And at the time, the brand said the campaign conveys a clear message that authentic beauty lies in imperfection. And so I just think that we had never seen that before. And the other thing about the images was all of the makeup was created simply by lipstick. Mm. The eyeshadow was lipstick. The blush was lipstick. Like even the eye contour, black, slick cat eye look was a lipstick. Oh, I did not know that. I've never heard that before. So every, they had only the one product when they launched, which was the lipstick. Okay, that's why. So that was very creative in and of itself. So there was those campaign images and there was a lot of diversity in the models in terms of ethnicity. And then they just, at the beginning of December, launched the matte version of the lipstick. Mm -hmm. And there are definitely like 70 plus women in there. So they have age representation too, which I think is phenomenal and not seen before. So I was really curious if these images, which were very polarizing when they first came out, I think you would agree. Yeah, for sure. I think there were a lot of people who said they just didn't know if they liked them. They weren't sure how they felt about them. They had to go back and like think about it. And it was also unexpected for some people. Yeah. And I think I was curious if that would affect sales at all. And so I checked with Women's Wear Daily, which is sort of the industry news Bible. And Gucci sold more than 1 million lipsticks in the first month alone when the 58-piece collection launched in May of this year. And data from Cody, they licensed the brand for their cosmetics and beauty, showed that one store... One store in Asia alone sold 33,000 lipsticks in a single day. Wow. Unreal. So it's well on its way. I don't feel bad for Gucci Beauty. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've seen some sneak peeks of what's coming next year. So you guys, it's it's all very exciting. Very exciting. Well, I think this is really the influence of Gucci's creative director, Alessandro Michele. And what I think is so great is just the fact that having these licensed beauty brands that more accurately reflect what's happening from the fashion house, because I think for so long, um, some of these perfumes and the makeup would be, it was like two hands that weren't talking to each other. So you might love what's happening with the fashion, but then you'd go and buy the perfume and it just smelled like, could have been like Gwen Stefani's perfume or something. And so I love that this is, it's becoming this more unified messaging. And if you love the house of Gucci, you can wear the lipstick and it actually feels like something authentic. Right. And who doesn't want a piece of that? Yeah. I mean, the lipsticks themselves are gorgeous. The packaging is like very cool, retro, just love. Well, that was always the it. idea, yes. right? Like back in the day, it was like, I can't afford a little tweed jacket from Chanel, but I can afford the lipstick or the perfume. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the way with all the licensing, it just, you know, it was like being sold at airport duty-free stores. And it was just like a completely different thing. So My- I love this direction. So I think another big Big change that we've seen if you look at Instagram is the whole idea of normalizing skin texture. And I think we've talked about this before on the show. Katie Jane Hughes, for example, the makeup artist has the hashtag normalized skin texture. And I think the more we see just like natural pores in the skin, the less we'll be like fighting, fighting, fighting to get rid of them and having this like fake facade. But one step beyond that for sure is the acne positivity movement. And so the other thing that we're starting to see is 
is this whole new product category around acne stickers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting because it's not just about hiding the pimple, although these stickers do that. But like if you have a yellow star or a little like what are the other little designs? There's like little cherry bombs from Squish Beauty and, and floral patches, things like that. Yeah. So it's really about not hiding like with pancake makeup, the fact that you have a zit, but being like, look, I have a zit. And that's okay. And it's almost feels like positive in the sense that it's celebrating in a way, even though these stickers do have ingredients in them that are meant to like quell the inflammation and get rid of the zit. You're accessorizing your zit. Exactly. But I think like that's just where we are today, where it's like, I want to get rid of my zits, but I don't want to be embarrassed about them either. It's this juxtaposition, but it's the human condition. And that's how I think you could say that for so many, you know, the Billy Ray's and all the campaigns that came out around those. And so I think it's okay. It's okay to be you wherever you're at. And I just think as a mom of a daughter who's turning nine and already had her first whitehead this year, I just feel so lucky to be in this time where it's like I could give her a little flower to put on it and she can feel good about it going to school instead of hair over the face like I had when I was in high school. Totally. And I remember when you went to Founder Made last year, you met mm-hmm. the, with the people from Mighty Patch and That's those right. those are the same technology. Mm-hmm. However, those are clear. They're not meant to like celebrate or call out the zit. And this, so this is the next evolution and how they actually work. So two of the big brands are Starface and Squish Beauty and those work by how? They're hydrocolloidal. I think it basically it it just dries them out essentially. I can't remember. I think it like sucks up the fluid or something. And I'm it also sure. keeps you from picking it. Yeah. Which is a absolutely. huge thing. Absolutely. There's one that I want to try, Zit Sticka. It's on its way. I mm-hmm. have not fully tried it yet, but that's a little bit different because it has these micro darts okay. on the actual sticker itself. So that is said to penetrate and get rid of the zit faster. I will report back. God knows I have a few undergrounders that I need some help with. So that's just a huge category explosion. And on the topic of representation, we saw a lot more women of color owned brands coming to the forefront. Here's Priya from Glossy Beauty Podcast on the line, weighing in on the brands that launched and the brands that popped off this year. I think it was a continuation of what Rihanna did with Fenty Beauty a few years ago. And showing that the demand for inclusivity and diversity was table stakes in the industry. Um, And now we're seeing it even more so. I think what Ulta did with this year with Yumo Beauty um, has been huge. You know, that is their answer to Sephora's Fenty. And it's gone gangbusters in store. The amount of customers talking about it on social media and the way that the sales have been projected out um, has been wildfire. Um, On the flip side, a continuation of that is what we're seeing with Tracy Ellis Ross and Pattern Beauty, you know, another woman who was, you know, marginalized and put on the sidelines when it came to to hair care and, and options in the textured hair category. You know, Tracy wanted to solve that problem from the hair care perspective. And even if you go think about deeper, you know, what Unsun is doing and bringing a mass line to Target um, in stores and making that conversation table stakes for the customer too has been so exciting to watch. Thanks to Priya for that. And we have Priyanka of Foxy Brown's podcast on the line and she's going to weigh in on the year that was and what she's hoping to see next. Hi, Breaking Beauty listeners. This is Priyanka Matu, co-host of the Foxy Brown's podcast. So Jill and Carlene 
Hmm. For us, a low moment in the beauty industry in 2019 was where are all the brown faces in the gigantic exploding wellness industry for um, a set of trends and products and services that tend to have their roots offshore. We're not seeing a lot of um, melanin in wellness, are we? And we're hoping that's going to change. And we are optimistic it is going to change because our other beauty moment, which we're really excited about, we think a real highlight is what our celebrity makeup artist friend Kieran Butty calls a beauty, which she believes is the next big trend. It's Ayurvedic beauty or beauty with an Indian bent. Now, I personally grew up with a mom who's a botanist and a dad who was a doctor, a very like East meets West lifestyle. Someone was always grinding up a potion or a, an herb to put on my face or my hair or to ingest for a stomach ache or I was chewing on a clove to numb a toothache, all kinds of things. Um, And it's really exciting to see if that is going to find a larger audience and a bigger platform in the coming years. That would be really, really cool. And we asked Brooke from Naked Beauty Podcast what she felt was the biggest moment in beauty this year. And this is what she had to say. So Jill and Carleen, for me, one of the biggest beauty moments of 2019 was just seeing Lizzo show up at all of these incredible red carpets. She is just one of these women that I think I was craving seeing on the red carpet. She takes risks. She does interesting things with her hair, with her makeup. She really embraces her full figure. It's so nice to see someone kind of embody that level of confidence and risk-taking. Like She doesn't make safe choices on the red carpet, but that's what made her so exciting to watch every single place she showed up in 2019. Now we're going to talk about what happened on social media this year. Oh my gosh, it was a huge year in terms of beauty influencers and takedowns like the James Charles Tati Westbrook. I mean, obviously, do we even need to talk about that again? That was just unprecedented. <laughs> it made headlines in all the mainstream papers. And it was just kind of crazy that a 37-year-old woman was taking down a 19-year-old. The, nobody ever talked about that. And I mean, just growing up on that spotlight, sure, did he make mistakes. But the full call out was just, I felt like I would not have wanted to been under a microscope at that age myself. Yeah, I totally, I was actually concerned about him and his mental health yes. at that time. You know, and I know that story made like the Atlantic and I think the New York Times and it was just huge news. Meanwhile, James Charles went on to get his followers back. Tati Westbrook has her own makeup line now. Yeah, it was just kind of that thing where people were sitting back with popcorn and they were literally watching counters like ticking down of his subscribers and watching hers go up. And I just thought that was really sick. Yeah, there was something about it that just did not feel right. Jaclyn Hill launched a line as well. And I know I remember you telling Mm -hmm. me that like people were getting their shipments and there was like, a piece of hair on the lipstick. Or like fiber-like hairs, which right. she said were from gloves. But yeah, they just, there was no shortage of yeah. tea spilt. Right. And so she had to do a recall. So, so much news on that front. But I know the moment that really shook you, Jill, mm-hmm. was Shane Dawson's docu-series with Jeffree Star. Yeah, The Beautiful World of Jeffree Star. It aired in October of this year. And it really lifted the curtain on the making of a beauty brand, sort of the behind the scenes. And Shane Dawson is a YouTuber 
who has a huge audience. Obviously, Jeffree Star has a huge audience online. So it was just really interesting to see them come together. The biggest takeaway for me from this whole series was it just really cemented Jeffree Star as the ultimate beauty influencer. I think he's one of the top five earners in all of YouTube. Mm -hmm. He's at the center of beauty commerce, but he's not getting written up in Allure, Elle. He's not on television. He's not on The View. He's not having profiles done about him. Why? Well, I think he's pissed off a lot of people along Mm -hmm. the way. He's gotten in tiffs with Kat Von D, who used to be his mentor. Nikki Tutorials, he's gotten into it. He just- Nikki. I know. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like a lot of he's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and some people have just fully canceled Jeffrey Star. But he's like a phoenix. He just keeps coming back, and he's mm-hmm. making money hand over fist in spite of it all. Right. And you can't deny that power and influence that he has. Right. So what was it with Shane Dawson? You were saying something about like what they were revealing the numbers of well, how much you actually how much these products cost to make or how much they were going to earn or what? Yeah, so it was um, a several part series. Each of the episodes was about an hour long Mm -hmm. and there was no production value. There wasn't anything exciting. It's like following Shane around vlogging essentially. Okay. So you're a little bit bored that way, but at the same time, you're like compelled and riveted to keep watching. Right. And probably the episode that would make most people's hair blow back. And I could imagine a lot of beauty executives freaking out watching it because... The title of the episode was the $20 million deal. Okay. And they just sort of were sitting around a table crunching numbers. And Jeffrey was like, this is what we stand to make. This is what your share would be. And you could just see Shane's mind sort of being blown sitting right there at the table because he's hugely influential as well. And realizing in that moment, he's been getting ripped off for (laughs) a very long time, but by other people who he has collaborated with in terms of merch and stuff like that. Right, right, right. These episodes were dropping on YouTube all throughout October. By the time November 1st came around when it dropped the collaboration, they sold 1 million pallets in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like That's insane. They broke Shopify. So it was a record-breaking day on Shopify, like the history of their company. Mm-hmm. And the view counts for each of those hour-long videos range from 14 million to 25 million views. So I looked up the Game of Thrones series finale <laughs> and that was 19 million viewers. Wow. Series finale. Wow. Well, I also think another thing, just to put it in perspective, earlier on when you were talking about Gucci, I mm-hmm. believe you said that they sold 1 million lipsticks in the first month. Yeah. And he sold 1 million palettes in the in the 30. first 30 minutes. That's right. So that's incredible. So the Jeffree Star, you know, he cannot be canceled. Yeah. He is cemented at the center of beauty culture. He is a content and media machine, a marketing machine. Right. And, you know, there's nothing that special about the shadows. They're cool packaging. Right. And all of that. But it's just, and the colors are cool, but it's just the marketing around it. Yeah, exactly. And he he really drums up an incredible amount of interest and excitement around his launches and the drama. And he's just like, fuck all y'all. I'm going to do it my way. And he's just laughing. Yeah. All the way to the bank. Well, I think there's that slight element of radical transparency, which I have to say brings me back to Brandon Truax from Mm -hmm. Desiem. And again, speaking of moments of the year, it's been almost a year since his passing. That was in January of 2019. Yeah. I just got goosebumps. And that was such... Uh, you know, we were really shook up by that moment because we had interviewed him on the podcast. That was one of our early episodes. You know, he was really peaking in his career and in terms of where The Ordinary and Dusty M was at at that time. Um, But of course, that was his whole MO was radical transparency. And I think there's still kind of that hole in the industry left behind where people 
there's a subset of people who are still really interested in that. And it's a way of gaining people's trust. Absolutely. So I think it's interesting that an influencer like Jeffree Star is is somewhat stepping into that space. Obviously not in the same way, but right. you catch my draft. Yeah. So for me, a super impactful moment was actually very recently um, when Mario Dedovanovic, that's Makeup by Mario, came out at the American Influencer Awards. He was granted his award by Kim Kardashian, his bestie. And his speech was about eight minutes long. I understand he had written it just that morning. It was very powerful, very raw, and it was Mario's coming out. We are not different. We all bleed the same, and we are all equally deserving of the right to feel happiness and to feel loved. Right now, I stand here for the first time in my life, a proud 37-year-old gay man. If you don't take anything else away from this podcast, then go and watch that video. That If you hear no other message, just go and watch it. It was so powerful. And I have to say, watching him on social media since that moment, mm-hmm. it's been really fun to watch because he looks like a weight has been lifted. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, I think in North America, maybe we take it for granted that we've come a long way, but there are a lot of people still struggling no matter where you're from. Absolutely. And I just think of the inordinate amount of people that he's going to help. Absolutely. With this speech. He talked about, you know, self-loathing and self-harm and all of these things and just trying to get to that place of acceptance. And it's just Mm -hmm. super moving and powerful. And I really applaud him for taking that moment to do that. He could have just said, thanks, guys. Look for my makeup next year or whatever he wanted to announce. And he didn't. Yeah. So I think it's really cool. Let's pause for a moment to hear about one of our show partners, Acuity Scheduling, a Squarespace company. Acuity Scheduling, think of it like an online assistant. It works 24-7 behind the scenes to fill your schedule. So if you're a lash technician, a hairstylist, an esthetician, this is a complete game changer. So from a client perspective, you get to book your own appointments. You can see the real-time availability. You can reschedule when you need to, buy gift certificates, all of that. And you get automated reminders over text messages. Mm -hmm. and email and the business owner doesn't have to do anything. It's completely seamless for both the client and the service provider. So save yourself the drudgery of having to keep up with your clients and your busy schedule by using Acuity Scheduling. For a limited time only, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free. There's no credit card required. All you have to do is head on over to acuityscheduling.com slash breaking beauty. That's A-C-U-I-T-Y scheduling.com slash breaking beauty. We will link to that in our show notes. And now back to today's episode. It's really been a banner year for huge beauty launches. Mm -hmm. We know that celebrity beauty is back, baby. Mm -hmm. This year we saw Lady Gaga's House Labs, Victoria Beckham Beauty, and even Kesha announced a vegan beauty line in the works. There's also been a ton of mergers and acquisitions to drop some beauty biz language on you. So we asked Priya to weigh in on this topic because as the host of the Glossy Beauty podcast, she covers a lot of industry news. And this is what she had to say. From my perspective, some of the biggest and most exciting surprises of the year was the amount of M&A deals that happened in beauty. I think it kicked off with Elemis at the start of the year uh, with $900 million and then went on just until recently with Cody acquiring a 51% stake in Kylie. 
Some of these deals were expected, like Kylie, just in the sense that she was supposedly shopping around for uh, a partner for the last two years. But others like Elemis were super surprising, as well as what happened with Tatcha and Unilever. I think that was an example of a brand that maybe not was getting as much attention as, say, like Drunk Elephant, who kind of floated that a uh, billion dollar price tag at the start of the year. But Tatcha has been just as beloved, if not more. And, you know, the surprise deal with Unilever somewhat came out of the blue because it wasn't something that was being talked about or shopped around the market as much. But a $500 million price tag on $100 million in sales is something very, very substantial. And one that really shows that Unilever, with their diversified portfolio, is really invested in prestige beauty and sees a brand like Tatcha, who has been acting independently for such a long time, for nearly a decade, really, really rise to the top. And it may be, in my opinion, what is very interesting about this is Tatcha isn't necessarily as trendy as as a Kylie, and neither is Elemis in that regard. These are great and beloved uh, skincare brands that really were measured about product, as was Drug Elephant, really took their distribution strategy um, measured as well, and found a way to cut through the clutter, cut through the noise, and really rise to the top. And I think that those three deals, Elemis, Tatcha, and Drug Elephant really proved that. Kylie is a different beast just in the sense that she is, you know, an influencer celebrity led brand that really was one of the purveyors of the DTC craze that happened a few years ago in beauty. And what's what's yet to be seen is if we're done for the rest of the year, you know, I think there might be a few other big deals that might inch through by the close of 2019. And we'll have to see if 2020 is just as much of a, a lightning bolt year with the onset of the recession or or the thoughts of that. But I think the brands that really have proven to be beloved, not just from a customer standpoint, but from an industry standpoint, really, really proved their prowess this year. That was really interesting. And just on the heels of that, I watched the Broken documentary on Netflix. I swear, you guys, I don't just watch YouTube and Netflix, but (laughs) anything to do with beauty, I do usually watch. And this just came out this past month and it was all about counterfeit cosmetics and the rampant black market with counterfeit cosmetics. And part of me wondered while I was watching that documentary about the sale of Kylie Cosmetics to Cody for 51%. I wondered if, because in the documentary, they talk a lot about how ripped off Kylie Cosmetics is. Mm. And you can buy it in these street markets in Los Angeles and you can kind of get it anywhere. And it's really difficult to tell which one is real. The fake lip kits? Yeah, the fake lip kits. Didn't you say there was like a horrendous moment? Well, yeah, there was a girl in the documentary who talked about buying a bad fake. She ended up like gluing her lips together, which is really bad. So not only are knockoffs bad to support, but what's happening is some people can get actually hurt from buying these things because where they're being manufactured, they showed some behind the scenes footage and of these factories in China that are just, they're not clean, they're not sanitary and often include ingredients that are just not to the standards that we would want to be putting on our face and Mm. on our mouth. So I'd be curious to see what you guys thought of that documentary and if it influenced you in any way of staying away from knockoffs. That whole dollar store beauty idea honestly just has to go as we move into Mm -hmm. the next decade. And to that point, there's another topic afoot in the beauty industry right now. And that's really about corporate responsibility and how much waste the beauty industry is putting out into the world. Our girl Jackie J from Natch Butte in LA had something to say about that. 
Hello, Breaking Beauty listeners. This is Jackie Johnson, host of Natch Butte, another beauty podcast and a sister pod to Breaking Beauty. Hello, happy holidays to you. So Jill and Carlene, uh, listen, a lot happened in 2019 in beauty. I think we can all agree with that. But personally, I have some moments I would like to discuss. Finally, we are addressing this waste issue in our business. And there are some brands that really stepped it up and uh, that I'm so excited I found. The first being Aether Beauty. Aether Beauty makes these gorgeous palettes and they are fully recyclable and fully sustainable. And again, the founder was on Match Beauty and she was incredible. And these palettes are so beautiful. And honestly, all I'm using now are her palettes because they're clean, they're vegan, and they're sustainable. You can there's no mirror, there's no magnet to close it. It's all very chic, but really really gorgeous, beautiful, high quality stuff. So, love that. So, we can look cute and still feel good about it, and that is something big that happened this year. We definitely know our listeners are increasingly interested in the idea of zero waste. I personally have tried to create a lower waste beauty routine, got rid of my cotton pads this year, trying to only use cotton swabs that are wooden, not the plastic ones. And so we had a whole episode on this topic in episode 60, if you want to go back and check it out. I do think that there's a pivot happening where people are just sort of rebelling against this idea of hull culture, like H-A-U-L, where there's just more and more and more stuff. And I think you're seeing like, no by July. And I think you've even seen retailers get in on this to a degree where Sephora has really tightened up their return policies. Mm -hmm. Because if you guys think about it, I think for a long time, people will be like, I'll just buy it. If I don't like it, I'll return it. Well, you really have to think, if you are returning a product to Sephora, where is it going? Yeah, straight in the trash. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we should just be a little bit more conscious of our decisions. And I know sometimes it can't be helped. You buy a foundation online, it doesn't work. Yeah. Take it back, whatever. But I just think that people were buying so much stuff, relying on these return policies that were frankly kind of lax. Mm -hmm. And now you're seeing them tightening that up. And don't forget, it hurts everyone when people are returning stuff all the time because eventually that cost is passed on to the consumer. Just as a final note on that, Crystal Clear Makeup, a YouTuber, she posted on her Instagram. We've interviewed her back in episode 22 just about this overwhelm and feeling of guilt that she has about the amount of product that is sent to her. Like she, I think it had 70,000 likes, this photo. And it was just her lying on top of a mountain of makeup that she had gotten as press samples. And she's just like, there's got to be a better way. And really putting it back on the brands to make a difference and make a change. There's a lot of brands who have moved to, it's about by request. And I'm cool with that. If you want to send me an email, preferably with colored, JPEGs or thumbnails so I can see what the products look like and then I can request them if I need them for a story or an episode. Great. Let's pause for a moment to hear about a new innovation from one of our show partners, Conair. Today, we're going to tell you about the Infinity Pro by Conair Texture Styling Hair Dryer. And what's really unique about this hair dryer is, you know how with straight hair blow dryers, there's the nozzle and so it's really directed heat and Mm -hmm. you don't get frizz when you're trying to get a straight hair look. I feel like this is the solution to that targeted heat for girls with curly hair. Right. So it's all about this patent pending diffuser attachment. So what 
What makes this one different, you guys, is when you look at it, the sides are actually vented. You diffuse your hair, you put it in this sort of extra deep bowl <laughs> attachment, and you're putting the heat on it, but your hair isn't moving. Exactly. Your hair is just staying put. So if you've got those ringlets, you let out the diffuser and it's just sitting there and it's dry. I tried it myself. I don't have curly hair. I have mm-hmm. wavy hair, but I found that my hair did dry faster and it didn't get like a scorched effect. And I think that's due to the ceramic technology and ionic as well. Well, I showed you this picture of my friend Steph. Look at her curly hair in this photo. Oh my God, gorge. So defined. Yeah. And I gave her the diffuser to test out because she has properly curly hair. And she said the same thing. Like when you hold it in one spot, your hair isn't moving all over the place, which is normally the culprit of frizz. Yeah. So you get this frizz-free, shiny results. Yeah. And Looks really, amazing. yeah, it really does. And yeah. does not break the bank. So much cheaper than some of the, like they can get really pricey. Yeah. Nobody needs that at the end of the year around the holidays. <laughs> so you too can get the total look with the Infinity Pro by Conair Texture Styling Hair Dryer. To buy, just head on over to conair.com and search for textured hair. We will link to the website in our show notes. And now back to today's episode. You know, we've talked a lot about products throughout this year. We've talked about a lot, especially in our damn good review episodes. We're going to continue those in 2020. You guys are loving them. But we wanted to take a moment to shout out some breakthrough products of the year. Carlene, let's hear from you. Okay, well, this one I wouldn't say is a breakthrough, like a giant innovation, but it's a product that I recently discovered that I do love. I'm talking about Westman Atelier Baby Cheeks Blush Stick. So this is part of Gucci Westman's makeup line. It came out back in 2018, but it didn't come to Canada until November of 2019. Mm -hmm. So it's very new here. And what I love about this, this whole line, it's a, a consciously crafted beauty line. So it would fall into the clean beauty category. Category, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. There's no phthalates, no pegs, no talc, uh, no synthetic fragrances. And for me, it's about knowing who Gucci Westman is. You know, as beauty editors, we've interviewed Gucci many times um, backstage at Fashion Week. And she used to be the makeup ambassador for Lancome and also for Revlon. But you always could just tell she has this kind of slow beauty mentality about her. She has a bit of a lighter hand when it comes to beauty. She's not about trends. She's more about just what's going to bring out your inner glow. I mean, she's the makeup artist to like Jennifer Aniston, to Cameron Diaz, like these women who want to look like themselves and who just want to look like better glowed up versions of themselves. And Gucci is just so trusted to do that, right? Yeah, exactly. She really treats the face kind of like a canvas. She's all about bringing out a natural kind of candlelit glow. And so I think whatever she is going to bring to the marketplace is going to have that almost like care quality to it. And so with this cheek blush, it has this botanical blend of light Ayurvedic oils that's going to kind of soothe and plump and nourish and give moisture to the skin like a natural glisten. And I just love a cheek blush in general. I've talked about it before. I think it looks a lot more natural than a powder blush. This particular one, I'm using the shade called Petal. And it just brings this like beautiful flush to my skin and it lasts. Like if I put it on in the morning, I'm still wearing it in the evening. Whereas a lot of cream blushes kind of wear off. Especially natural ones. 
Yeah, exactly. So I think she kind of hit it out of the park with this product. It's almost like a clean beauty version of the multiple by NARS. It's got five shades and they're just really well curated, beautiful pinks and peaches and berries and tried the highlighter stick too. And I really like it. So this is just one of those products I think is so easy to put on and you instantly are going to look prettier. Younger too, probably. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Less dead in the face, if you will. So let's find out what some of our guests today have been loving this year. For Priya, it wasn't a new product, but a new discovery that topped her list. My favorite product of the year really was a game changer for me because I got married earlier this year and it was 111 Skins Space Defense Bright Eye Lift Gel. I have to say that I've suffered from dark circles my entire life and putting this on for three months, day and night, totally changed my face. It's, you know, basically the best alternative for getting filler or Botox in that area and, you know, really not only prep me for the wedding, but it's like my number one go-to in my beauty bag. If I can't wear any makeup, if I can't wear any other skincare, like this is it and so worth it. And for Priyanka, here's a surprising product that was the game changer for her this year. The breakthrough product of the year for me personally was Nutrafol. I hate to sound like an ad, but I had a baby a year ago and my hair was a disaster and Nutrafol has saved me or at least gotten me to a point where I'm not embarrassed to be walking around without a hat on. I love it. All right. And let's hear what the delightful Jackie had to say. She likes to merge beauty and wellness and cruelty free. And she definitely touches here on a big trend she would like to see and a wish for 2020. CBD is everywhere. And it really just exploded onto the space in 2019. And it was so hard to kind of navigate because I was so curious about this, but didn't know where to start. And as we all know, there are so many types of CBD and everyone's kind of profiting off of this trend. And sometimes you don't know if you can trust trends and yada, 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 boom, boom. But I'll just recommend a couple quick things that I really liked this year in the CBD space. Um, One of them is called Bebo. It is a high potency CBD serum and it ain't cheap, honey, but It is nice. And uh, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from it as well from my listeners. Another brand I found this year is Quim, which is actually a lube. So, you know, you can get some uh, CBD going all over your body and all parts of your wellness routine. So check out Quim. We love a woman-owned brand. And the third one is Maz Hanna, who is a guest on my show. And she is a crystal healing manicurist. And um, I know that might sound a little kooky, but you know what? We love a kook. She has lots of exciting products. And one of her products that she has is a salve that's a CBD salve. And I put it on my hands at night because I get dry hands and I wake up, my hands feel really good because I have, I'd be texting, you know, they help with the pain and then just really moisturizing. So those are my three CBD picks of the year. And then obviously I have to bring up Lolly Beauty, which is a company I did a collab with this year. I did a product with them called the Lolly Natch Butte Pank Plum Elixir. And I'm absolutely obsessed with it. It's just a beautiful oil, but it has all these exciting oils in it. Plum kernel oil, passion fruit oil, hibiscus seed oil, safflower seed oil, and it's all organic and it's all sustainably sourced. And they ship it to you with no plastic. They ship it to you and stuff. Nothing that's going to end up sitting in a damn landfill. The last thing I'm going to bring up is personally, honey, why can't my eyebrows grow? 
Why can't my eyebrows grow? I've tried everything and they are not growing. So I've yet to find a single damn thing to make my eyebrows grow back. You know what? The 90s were harsh and I really plucked them uh, and they are just not coming back. So hopefully 2020 will bring me some bushy eyebrows. I'm trying to look like Kaya Gerber, okay? So please out there, maybe Santa's going to bring me some new eyebrows for the holidays. I don't know. All right, let's move on to 2020, everybody. Thanks for having me. See y'all soon. And last but not least, let's hear what made the cut with Brooke this year. The breakthrough product of the year for me, it's not necessarily a product you can get at a store, but it was breakthrough for me because I had been resisting retinol because I thought it was just like really heavy chemicals. I went to my dermatologist and she prescribed me Altrino lotion. It's like a lotion-based retinol and it completely transformed my skin. I love to do everything natural and I'm really kind of wary of chemicals. So at first I was not on board, but now that I see the difference it's made in my skin, I am like a hundred percent pro retinol. I tell everyone, if you want to change your skin, I highly, highly suggest going to your dermatologist and finding a retinol cream that is right for you. Altrino is great for me because it was lotion base, so it wasn't really drying. The other product, I'm going to go to my natural beauty roots, Vintner's Daughter's Active Botanical Serum. I think this is such a lovely serum. It is very pricey and I was gifted it, so I make sure to say that every time I talk about the serum because it's expensive, but it's beautiful. April Gargiulo, the founder of Vintner's Daughter, has poured so much love and care into finding these 22 active plant-based botanical ingredients that brighten the skin, even skin tone, and just hydrate the skin on a level I haven't found with other facial oils. That's all we have time for today. We would love to hear from you guys if you think we missed maybe a topic or something you'd wish that we talked about that maybe we can cover in 2020. And, you know, certainly if there's a product that you're loving or that you think defined the decade, we would love to hear from you. Um, Drop us a line on Instagram or join us in our Facebook chat room. And until then, we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Visit BreakingBeautyPodcast.com for details on all the damn good products we talked about in today's episode. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. You won't miss a single thing. Or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast fix. And please show us some love by rating us or reviewing us in iTunes. See you next time. Like a cherry bomb, like a cherry bomb.